Welcome to this special on-set report from the heart of the sprawling Dutch Elm Studios in downtown Squalor. The hum and thrust of activity you can hear in the background is, of course, the modern-day thrum and hust of 21st century filmmaking. With me is the director, Swoozy Wyndham, Hollywood's hottest new talent, currently at the helm of a $3 billion adaptation of Richard A. Usher, The Podcast. Swoozy, what on earth possessed you? Hey, Harvey, uh, I've been a fan of the Richard Usher podcast for, <laughs> for nearly half my life. It's only been going a year, huh? I'm a fast study. Anywho, it's really exciting to get on board this, uh, this amazing movie. The story of this podcast really needs to reach a, a wider audience. And, of course, uh, by that, you don't mean the obese. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Uh, this movie will show the passion and the sacrifice that goes into the making of uh, that podcast. Uh, the guy he sweats blood, you know. Uh, sketches, retelling history with a twist. Uh, he plays all the characters, you know. Yeah, needs a pretty diverse cast and uh, a leading man who can play multiple roles. I see. Uh, so that's that's why you cast Brian Blessed? Hey, Brian is a powerhouse. Such a subtle actor. Yes, in, in America, I guess that's probably true. Uh, we held auditions and screen-tested some amazing talent. Uh, sadly, Michael York, our, uh, our first choice, was unavailable. Uh, after hearing the podcast, he said he wouldn't demean himself. Uh, Benefits Cummerbund uh, expressed an interest, uh, but then said he was tired of playing Ollie's intellectual giants. Uh, so we settled on Brian. Now, before things hit the newspapers, you had the film under a special code name, a Green Mug. Uh, why was that? Well, I, I didn't want to be associated with the thing, to be honest, but uh, it actually comes from a photograph of the man himself looking a little or worse for wear after eating his own chicken stir-fry. I must say, I'm impressed by the amazing set you've built. It's, it's like a giant recording studio. It's all made from uh, cardboard and polystyrene painted uh, blue with... A cheap own brand version of Dulux Emulsion. A pretty accurate recreation, then. It sure is. Now, uh, I'd better get back to work before these supporting artists we drafted in start to collapse. <laughs> They've not been fed for three days. Okay, gang, get ready to roll, Cap. What's my motivation? Say what, Brian, baby? What's my motivation? It's your first podcast. You're about to upload it for the first time. You're excited. Got it. Thank you, love. Stand by, everyone. We're rolling. Stand by, team. Roll cameras. Action. The podcast is live. <laughs> the Richard Usher Podcast. Assorted audio antics from Larynx Productions. Written and presented by Richard Usher. Thank you for joining us for this first anniversary edition of the Richard Usher podcast. Yes, indeed. We've somehow managed to assemble this madness for a whole year now. 
If you've been with us from the start, please remember to collect your virtual medal at the end of the show. This is the February edition, of course, just in at the close of play, and featuring more on This Day Twistery, and the grumblings of our resident stand-up comic Ben Bernard. Now, on the 1st of February, in 1884, the first edition of the Oxford English Dictionary was published. Now, I just had a quick check, and in the current edition, the word podcast is defined as a multimedia digital file made available over the internet for downloading to a portable media player, computer, etc. So, a warm welcome to this latest multimedia digital file made available to you over the internet for downloading to a portable media player and cocking an ear thereto. In it. We'll stay worldly wise with our first piece of twistery, and on the 1st of February 1930, the Times newspaper published its first crossword puzzle. Come in. Uh, Gladys says you wanted to see me, Mr S. Oh, yes. Come in, Bile. Have a seat. Now, Bile, as you know, today is a big day for us here at the Times. The first appearance of our new crossword puzzle feature. Oh, yes, indeed. Smashing. <laughs> That's to say, two down, a thing you'd associate with nuts, eight words... C, four blanks, I, N, G. Cracking! <laughs> well, quite. Uh, you see, that is just the problem. Uh, I have just been reviewing your debut puzzle, and I have to say that I am somewhat at a loss, Bile. 23 across, high-ranking politician, anagram, scandal yard ammo. Uh, this is clearly the Prime Minister, Ramsay MacDonald. Aye, and what of it? Uh, well, Bile, the solution word is not exactly appropriate, is it? Seven letters, W-A, three blanks, C-K. Aye, Wazik. What's the point? Uh, you, and therefore the Times, are referring to the Prime Minister, leader of our country, as a Wazik, Bile. Um, it won't do, man. I get you. You're worried about balance, aren't you? Well, how about seven across? Bespectacled moving picture star forms double act with the famous Mr. Formby. F, four blanks, E, D. <laughs> you have lost me there, Bile. The clues should point to Mr. Lloyd George, but your own unique answer is... Fatted. Technically two words, but uh, I think you'll find it works. Possibly, possibly. However, I do take exception to 13 down. Hobby of our editor-in-chief, W.A. Three Blanks R. You what? Not wrong with that. You like the fresh air and great outdoors. Your secretary told me so. Oh, I see. A walker. My mistake. However, I'm afraid, Bile, that this really will not do. Look here, I've taken the liberty of preparing you a little crossword puzzle of your very own. Uh, do try 15 across. Something you have become. You, seven blanks, E.D. Oh, you really are a C-blank... Oh! Thank you, Bile. That will be all. Well, if that sketch hasn't got you puzzled, just stick with it. 
There's bound to be something that'll make you scratch your head in wonder. Now, moving on to the 2nd of February, something rather groundbreaking occurred in 1801 when Britain's first men's public flushing toilets opened in Fleet Street. These days, of course, you'd be hard-pressed to find decent public toilets anywhere. Just shows how standards have slipped since the 19th century. Welcome to the uh, inaugural engagement of the Bedford Street public waiting rooms. Ah, well, I was actually looking for the Society of Art. Uh, next door, sir. Uh, well, up the stairs and then next door, but uh, <laughs> very much our neighbours. Uh, I'm honoured to say, sir. <laughs> um, what is this place, my good man? Well... As I say, sir, uh, these are the Bedford Street public waiting rooms. Uh, a convenience, you might say, for the uh, gentleman, uh, like yourself, sir, to relieve himself uh, at the princely sum of two English pennies. Uh, heads or indeed tails, sir. <laughs> if, you, uh, if you don't mind my being a little coarse. <laughs> uh, we, we have an array of uh, water closets, uh, Housed in these elegant uh, wooden surrounds, uh, it's uh, it's extra for washing and for the use of clothes brushes. Sir. Well, as it happens, I'm rather in need of the use of such a facility. These uh, these water closets are the finest in the city, sir. Uh, indeed, the very first open to the public. Uh, they are flushable, of course, sir. Uh, go straight into the drinking water of those unlucky beggars in the East End. <laughs> but that's what happens when you move Whitechapel away, sir. <laughs> uh, each of our closet seats uh, kept clean and tidy, sir. Uh, and for an extra shilling, uh, you can have it warmed up a treat by a vagrant. Sounds jolly nice. Uh, but here you go, my good man. Jar, sir. Now, what would be your pleasure today, sir? A number one? A number two? Or a number three. Golly, <laughs> a little embarrassing. Uh, I know what a number one is, and I've a shrewd notion what you mean by a uh, number two. Uh, but uh, I can't for the life of me guess what number three is. <laughs> it's a bit of both, sir. You start off with one, and then you follow through with a number two. I see. Is there a, a number four? There is, sir, but I'm afraid... We'd have to call the coppers on you. <laughs> well, I'll opt for the number two, then. The Times, Daily Mail, or Evening Standards. Oh, one gets reading material whilst one sits, eh? <laughs> Very civilised. Well, you can read it if you like, Governor, but uh, most people are uh, more inclined to put it to better use, uh, if you get my meaning. Ah, I see. Well, I'll, I'll go for the times. We are in Fleet Street, after all. And uh, what about an observer, sir? Goodness me, no. How very rude. That would put me right off my stride. I must say, I'm flushed with pride over that last bit of twistery. <clears throat> Now, one chap who likes to have a good natter 
is the master of mirth, Ben Bernard. Although of late, he keeps getting disturbed. Log off, Ben Bernard. Cold callers, warmly welcome. Hello, Bernard Residence. Master of Mirth speaking. Oh, hello, Gupta. How's it going? Sorry about this. Uh, you, you've caught me on phone. It's Gupta. He's always calling me up. Sorry. What's that? Oh, your name's Gordon, and you're following me from Barnsley. Hey, I could have sworn your name was Gupta, and you were calling me long distance from Mumbai. <laughs> I won't be a second. I'll let Gordon get into his stride. Yes, the, the broadband has been a bit out of sorts. <laughs> you're dead right. I see. Microsoft. Yes, yes, that all sounds legit, yes, yes. I know it's not legit. Uh, he's, he's trying to put one over on me. Uh, every week it's the same thing. Uh, Gupta, or Gordon, or whatever his name is, uh, calls me up to tell me that the computer and broadband are on the blink. Uh, he's telling me all this guff now. Something about the fibre-optic cables suffering from a decaying signal that adversely affects the radial transmission of the internet signal. Uh, so, sorry, Gup, uh, 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 Gordon. Uh, the what? The gigabit Ethernet and the what? Oh. Oh, oh, the ASL and configuration of the VGA port. Yeah, yeah, that, that's all ready to go now, yes. It's all ready for you. You, you, you just uh, port in or uh, whatever it is you have to do. Aye. At first I was a bit cheesed off that this bloke was disturbing me, uh, my morning mug of Yorkshire tea and uh, Garibaldi biscuits in front of yet another repeat of Flockit. Uh, but somehow uh, I've got used to Cupta. He's like an old chum. I look forward to hearing from him every week. Him and uh, Darren, Charlene and Luigi from the, the PPI people, Energy Switch What's It and the, uh, the Accident Claims Line. We have a good old natter. I, I answer all their questions and play their little games. Ooh, I love it. Hang on, he's burbling again. Yes, Gordon. Y you can't seem to find the what? The ISP address. Password? I keep telling you, the password is I can't remember. It's all one word, lower case. No, 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 the computer isn't switched on. No, no, Gupta, I, I told you last week, I haven't got a computer. Hey, Gupta sounds quite annoyed now, uh, but this time next week he'll, he'll be calling back again, chirpy as anything. Alexander Graham Bell will be proud to know that his great invention is being used so wisely. <laughs> Cold Callers Warmly Welcomed was written, performed, edited and produced by Richard Usher. Blog Off Ben Bernard is a Larynx production.
From one invention in the world of communications to another. And on the 5th of February in 1924, we had the first broadcast of The Pips, the BBC's time signal, heard live from Greenwich Observatory for the very first time. Come in. Oh, you, uh, you wanted to see us, Mr. Ruth. Ah, gentlemen, please. Have a seat. Thank you, sir. Uh, I hope you don't mind me finishing my sandwich. Uh, you caught us mid-luncheon. Uh, well, I suppose not. No, gentlemen, the reason I've called you here is to discuss our plan for a new time signal. The BBC needs something distinctive, unique, to denote the passing of the hour, heralding our news bulletins. Now, I'm told that you both have an expertise in this field. Uh, any thoughts? What about Big Ben? I beg your pardon? I said Big Ben would be my suggestion. Yeah. No, no, Bob. That's far too dramatic and difficult to engineer as a live broadcast. I agree with Sandwich here. You boys create sounds, do you not? <laughs> Bangs, crunches, explosions, whistles, and pops. Ah, you're sort of pop masters. <laughs> yes, we need something with a subtle, intermittent sound. Softer than the chimes of Big Ben, but just as iconic. A xylophone? No, 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 no. Too musical. Not austere enough to precede the news. If only we could think of something. Sorry, the... Uh... <laughs> Caught beefs repeating on me. <laughs> Leaping forward a couple of days, our next bit of twistery features pottery, glass and alcohol. Something you might find will be the BBC's next reality contest for inebriated artisans. But I digress. On the 7th of February 1845, a drunken visitor to the British Museum managed to smash a priceless Portland vase. This Roman cameo glass vase dated back to the 1st century BC. I say, you catch your death, set those clothes on him, chap. Move along, sir. That's a very famous sculpture. We, uh, we don't want your hat on there now, uh, do we? <laughs> but he's nude, officer. I'm not a policeman, sir. And uh, he's meant to be like that. It's uh, art, sir. <laughs> Oi! Stop that, you vandal! Oops! They seem to have knocked off this chap's doodah. It's awfully sorry. I must ask <laughs> you to leave, sir. <laughs> I say, this is pretty, Ossifer. Please leave that, sir. That's a very valuable Roman cameo glass vase. It's priceless. I'm awfully sorry. I say, why do these people keep on chucking money my way when I do something so awfully silly? You're obviously making an exhibition of yourself, sir. You're listening to the Richard Usher podcast. We're a year old now, so why not help celebrate the fact by subscribing? You can do that via iTunes or at my website at richardusher.co.uk. Oh, and if you'd like to sponsor us or perhaps advertise within this podcast, you can contact me via the same website. 
as well as all the madness you hear in this show, there is an awful lot of skill in the sound editing department. So you could get yourself a nicely produced advert. Get in touch for more details. Now on with the twistry, and we move to New York City on the 10th of February in 1863, when two of the world's most famous midgets, General Tom Thumb and Lavinia Warren, were married. Welcome to the Grace Episcopal Church for this most romantic occasion. The marriage of General Tom Thumb and Miss Lavinia Warren. Now, if we could uh, all please kneel down. Incidentally, it's not for prayers. It's so the photographer can actually see the happy couple. <laughs> now, uh, uh, best man, uh, do you do you have the ring? I do. A- and and the magnifying glass to find the ring. <laughs> I sure do. Now the happy couple have asked me to keep the ceremony short, uh, uh, brief, uh, so that they can uh, avoid the traffic and make it to the reception at the Metropolitan Hotel. They, uh, they have to make sure they're on top of the cake in time for the speeches. And so, to you, Charles Sherwood Stratton, also known in this parish as General Tom Thumb, consent to take Miss Mercy Lavinia Warren Bump to be your lawful wedded wife to have to hold from this day forth. I surely do. And to you... Miss Mercy Lavinia Warren Bump consent to take Charles Sherwood Stratton to be her lawful wedded husband. I should say so. Then, by the powers invested in me, I pronounce you man and wife. You may now kiss the bride. the small things in life that count. Now, in Cairo, on the 16th of February 1923, archaeologist Howard Carter unsealed the burial chamber of Egyptian pharaoh Tutankhamun. The next day, he entered the chamber with several invited guests. The whole occasion was quite momentous. Well, gentlemen, here we are, finally, here, deep in the Valley of the Kings, here on this day, the Day of Days, 
the most wonderful that I've ever lived through. My hands, they're trembling. Captain Carstairs, please assist me. Well, I would, sir, but I'm only here as a reference to a classic radio sketch. Very well. I shall proceed in this, this decisive moment alone. I shall now make a tiny breach in the upper left-hand corner of this doorway. With this iron testing rod. Ah. I say, Carter, old boy, you're going at that like a man possessed. All that loud hammering on that door. I can see why you never made it as an Amazon delivery man. Shh. <laughs> Calendar, old man. I think I'm almost through. Lord Carnarvon, Lady Evelyn, look here. The hole is widening. And listen. The vacuum is breached. Hot air is escaping. <laughs> Awfully sorry, Carter. <laughs> That's actually me. <laughs> Had fish for luncheon. <laughs> oh, father. How uncouth. Look, the candle is flickering. I say, my eyes are becoming accustomed to the gloom through there. Can you see anything? Yes, indeed, yes. Wonderful things. Let, let me just widen the hole a little further so that we can both see. Pass me the electric torch. I, I can see things emerging from the mist. Strange animals, statues, and gold. Everywhere, the glint of gold. Amazing, Carter. Truly astounding. <laughs> any any sign of what you're truly after? The, the body of the boy king? <laughs> no sign of bandages or a sarcophagus. I, I realize this isn't the time, but I'm intrigued. Uh, with all this gold and treasure, you're, you're still fascinated by the whole mystery of the thing. Uh, find the bodies of long-lost pharaohs. Uh, does it run in the family, this obsession with Egyptology? Well, father told me I was always a mummy's boy. Ah, now, quick, help me with this lintel. I, I think I can drag this doorway open. I say, Carter, do... Do my ears deceive me, or do I hear music coming from in there? What strange magic is this? It sounds like a jazz band, Father. Look, another door. Well, hey there. Come on in and join the party. Welcome to Tooting Carmen's, boys! <laughs> Plenty of people would dig that last sketch. <clears throat> now, uh, on the same date in 1858, the first ironing board was patented by William Vandenberg and James Harvey. Doing, huh? Taking care of the laundry. 
These shirts won't get crisp and crinkle free on their own, you know. You'll be the best dressed man in the whole garment district. Let me just open a window here. Now, you'll remember Jimmy Harvey and I are going over to the coast today. Sure, I remember. Why is that again? The new invention we've been working on. It could revolutionize the world of ocean-based sports. We could become millionaires overnight if our prototype works. Have you, have you seen it anywhere, honey? Can't say as I have, William. But hey, thank you so much for my wonderful gift. It's a boom. Gift? What, what gift? My board. My special laundry board for this pile of ironing. You've made life so much easier. Mind you, I'm not sure this redwood is as heat-resistant as it should be. Oops! My board! My surfboard! Wilbur! And that bit of twistery brings us to the end of another podcast. Well, very nearly. One last bit of On This Day fun to leave you with and the 27th of February, 1700, when the Pacific island of New Britain was discovered. Ta-ta for now. Ha-ha! Captain Pigslot here. Out on the Pacific Ocean, me hearty. Ta-ha! Do you feel like pulling up the drawbridge on the world? Tired of immigrants taking all the jobs down the docks? Sick to the back teeth of huge corporate vegetable growers erecting giant greenhouses without paying the window tax. If you've got worries about the Dutch, the French, or the Spanish, and ain't the fact that good Queen Anne married Prince George of Denmark, <laughs> salvation is at hand from Moonfleet.com. Yes, me heart is. Book yourself a passage aboard the SS Farage to New Britain. Right in the heart of Papua New Guinea, this newly discovered little island could be a new home from home that readers of the Daily Mail can be proud of. And best of all, it has a high rainfall. <laughs> Buy your ticket now to a new utopia and let the lads from Moonfleet do the rest. <laughs> Moonfleet.com you have been enduring the award-avoiding Richard Usher podcast. Written, performed, edited, and produced by Richard Usher. Jazz comedy theme courtesy of bensound.com. The Richard Usher podcast is a larynx production. Hey.